What's in power is back at it again. And this time round, Uganda is bearing the brunt of a decision that they made. Now, it's nothing new that Uganda is among the first African countries to have passed the anti-homosexuality bill that criminalizes homosexuality behaviors and tendencies on the continent. So just in, in, a, in a nutshell, the bill criminalizes um, gay marriages in Uganda. The bill criminalizes gay people starting families and there's also jail time um, when you're found engaging in uh, homosexual activities. And when it's an issue of abuse, there's a death penalty when you are found guilty. Now, this um, bill has been tagged one of the harshest bills on the continent. Though there's another bill in Ghana that is brewing, but, you know, the Ghanaian president has been very diplomatic about it. That is not the case in Uganda. The Ugandan president is not diplomatic about it. He's not mincing his words about it. And they went ahead and passed that bill. And they're now paying the repercussions of falling on them very heavily. And the Western world is putting pressure on pressure on pressure. There are visa bans, um, the US and the UK. There are threats that will not do trade with you, will not do business with you. We will place travel bans on your country and warn our people from coming to your country as tourists. And this will have a long-term effect on this African economy because Uganda is not like a superpower and self-sufficient like certain countries such as Russia and China that do not give it two cents about what the U.S. thinks or what they say about them and if they freeze them out of business. However, Ugandan members of parliaments and legislators are not relenting their position. They are saying, if you want to play, we're here, we're going to play, but our position remains the same. Listen this. And I want to appeal to all of you here that we should not accept the intimidation which is coming from the Western world to us as a country. I was intimidated. We are going to lose out to drugs on, of AIDS. We are going to, aid is going to be cut off. Tourism, trade, export. I said, so what? You're going to be blocked from going to America. Do I need to go to America? I was sent here by people of Bukedea. I am what I am because of my people. I am not I am not because I want to go and get a donation. If you're saying there will be no food, I'll go and dig cassava in Bukedea. This law here was signed by the President of the Republic of Uganda. May I invite America, Canada, Britain, the entire European Union to also cancel the visas of Mr. Museveni. May also invite them to cancel visas of all MPs except two. Except two. Let all MPs' visas be cancelled. That means don't waste your time applying for a visa to any of those countries. I cannot, for example, apply for a visa to the US. Fortunately, I was last in the US in 2009. I had not even become MP. I have never gone back. And I am ready, I am ready to champion the cause of going to the Arab world to look for donor support. The Arab world, we will go to Saudi Arabia, we will go to Kuwait, we will go to Qatar, we will go to UAE, and uh, this deficit which will be occasioned by these cuts,
can easily be replaced. Today, I want us to discuss the video you've just watched and how Ugandans are reacting to news of them being banned from traveling um, to certain countries such as the US and the UK. I mean, the lady that we saw spoke earlier on is Anita. She's the Speaker of the Parliament in Uganda. And, you know, the Speaker plays a very instrumental role when it comes to these things such as, you know, passing of bills and legislation the speaker is in charge of you know the house and all the business of the house and so it can make sense why the west have um revoked her visa because this was in your hands if you wanted to whip the members of parliament in order and maybe amass or garner support to vote against the bill you could have tried and do something or done something but we did not see you do that and so she's the first one to get you know a travel ban in in as much as uh sometimes you take this thing with uh, a pinch of salt and you keep it moving it comes it comes at a at a, at a heavy cost right um, many african legislators travel to the us and the uk one they have family there most of the children are there most of their extended family are there because the children study there they go to seek medication there and and you know they go for holiday there so it's 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 a strike and the west knows what they're doing right they know exactly where to apply pressure on and so they're going to feel it they can say they can you know in the media you have to you know you have to be strong and and say oh it's not a big deal it's fine i don't even like going to america so i mean personally it's going to hit them but the part that I have a problem with is when you hold the whole country hostage and say, we're not going to do business with you and we're not going to do A, B, C and D with you just because you've made this decision. Um, I don't think that health is something that um, should be used as a bargaining chip. And one of the points that the speaker raised about, um, you know, drugs for HIV, this is, this is not something that should be used as a bargaining chip, right? We are going to lose out of drugs on of AIDS. We are going to aid is going to be cut off. Tourism, trade, export. I said, so what? You're going to be blocked from going to America. Do I need to go to America? Because we know as Africans, the history is out there. Go look for it. Go read it. The the havoc and 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 the impact that HIV had on the continent not just in uganda in kenya in south africa in zimbabwe you know this is a disease that 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 ravaged communities killed people in hundreds and thousands you know broke families and even to this day um uganda is one of the very few african countries that has the latest technology in terms of science and medication when it comes to hiv you know and if you talk to somebody who's in the healthcare space, they'll tell you that the people who suffer from HIV, their ability to get good drugs, modern drugs, um, elongates the life they live, improves the quality of life they live, and that increases productivity. So if you're going to hold that as a bargaining chip, then that is not fair at all. If you look at a country like Uganda, obviously they depend heavily on tourism, you know, just like Kenya and many other countries, Ghana also, you know. And when you say you're going to place travel advisories, I'm going to give you this for free. Kenya is a country that has suffered from travel advisories before from the West. And ours was not, it was, we were not even responsible for that situation. So Kenya, unfortunately, has endured terror attacks. Um, 
in the capital city Nairobi and I think two or three terror attacks have happened and immediately they happen and I totally understand the West will always go like Kenya is not safe don't travel yeah I mean there was a terror attack but saying Kenya is not safe is such a blanket statement what happens when this this um travel embargoes are placed is the number of tourists that travel just drastically stops you know people who had reservations cancel reservations people who intended to travel do not travel and those who even thought or would have thought of coming to your country would look for an alternative place to go and the way that tourism is right now it's so competitive you know unless i don't know unless it's like the seven wonders of the world most of the things that you can find in uganda you can find in Kenya, you can find in Tanzania, you can find in Rwanda, you can find in South Africa, Namibia, Zimbabwe, Zambia. And so when you place travel advisories, you're technically trying to kill an industry that is the backbone of an economy. You know, when you say we'll not do trade with you, we'll not buy your goods already, the West buys African goods at such a fraction of the price that they should be sold in the international market, you know? And this is nothing new. They buy cocoa for free. They buy tea for free. They buy Kenyan flowers for free. There was a conversation, just increase by a dollar the amount you pay at the international market. Then they began bringing so many stories and, you know, African leaders in the interest of their people, they just go back to trading in those unfavorable terms. So when you're trading with somebody on unfavorable terms, and then you say, oh, no, 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 now I'm not going to trade with you. You're trying to kill that economy, you know. Um, if you look at many African countries, Uganda also included, they're heavily funded by the West, you know. Things like education, things like health, things like big infrastructure budgets, that money comes from the West. And so it's it's going to be very difficult for Uganda. You know, they need to strap up. They need to bootstrap because it's going to get harder before it gets easier. Um, Uganda is a sovereign country and it has it has it should be allowed the freedom to decide what they want to decide but i also think that being going to the extreme does not necessarily work these are conversations that that involve people that surround people i think that it would have been wise for uganda to take its time do civic engagement and just see how this ages instead of putting it in law which is technically cast in stone right um, I also feel like the West needs to ease the pressure that they're putting on African countries because the more you put pressure on African countries, the more they'll try to prove a point to you and say, we do not necessarily answer to you in these things. These things are social changes, right? And the social fabric of the society takes time, you know. Um, if you look at America, for example, abortion was a thing, then right now abortion is not a thing with the overturning of Roe and Wade. And a lot of work is being done to make people understand, those who are pro-life, to understand that women need to be allowed the choice to do what they please with their bodies. And abortion is not just pro promiscuity. There are women who need abortion because of healthcare. There are women who need abortion because they're too young to have kids and the situation with which they got pregnant might have resulted from abuse, you know. 
And these are conversations that take time before both sides see eye to eye. And so I feel like Africa is being rushed to make a decision on LGBTQ. And it's like now, now, now. And unfortunately, they're not being given the freedom to make a decision. They're being told, we want you to make a decision, but this is the decision we want you to make. And so that compromises the whole process. So I just think that moving forward, I think Ghana is one of the countries that... um has a bill that was fronted by Sam George. I hope that looking at how things are going with Uganda, they're going to take a little bit more time, have more conversations. And if you have to put something in law, can it be a little bit more flexible? And I hate to say this, but African countries currently as is are solely dependent on the West. And even if you're going to change alliances, it's going to take 10, 20, 30 years. You just can't wake up and shift from America and go to Middle East or China full, full time, right? So I hope that there's room for conversation between African people, between African countries, so that we can decide as a continent what is what is the position of Africa when it comes to the matters of the pride community. And I also hope the West can come to the table, not with sanctions, but with reason and say, this is what we are saying. This is why we are saying it. And this is why we think you guys are at fault to go with A, B, C, and D. After that, you know, it's up to fate what happens. But we keep an eye to see what happens in Uganda after this. Let me know in the comment section, do you think Uganda was right to go ahead and pass the anti-LGBTQ uh, bill and you think that the sanctions are called for or worth it? Uh, my name is Indira Ganga. I'll see you again next time. Remember to like this video, share and report comment down below. I'll see you again next time.